Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the show. Hope, you're, uh, hope your day's been going well. Uh, got a great show planned for you. We're going to be uh, open up the show by talking about how to argue well. What? But isn't the goal to not argue? No. Dear God, No. <laughs> When uh, when I work with a couple or individuals and they're like, oh, we never argue. I'm always like, well, who's selling themselves out? Who's abandoning their, their truth and their authenticity? Um, arguing's good. Conflict is good. I expect it. It happens. That means there are two or more defined people. It's how we go about doing it that matters. Not whether or not it occurs, but how we do it. And tacked onto that is and what we do afterwards. How good are we at still caring, still staying attached and repairing? So again, we're not looking for the absence of conflict or arguing. We're looking at doing it better. So that's what we're going to be talking about. And uh, we do not have it down well, <laughs> as evidenced by tons of things we're seeing in the news about how people handle frustration and disappointment, um, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> and that's one of the most important toys, tools. Excuse me. And remember, we learned that in our early environment, but then we also have that healed or changed based on what's going on in our adolescence and then our adulthood. All these different things are, are moments and times and places where we can get better and improve or, you know, reinforce the same problematic things. Unfortunately, you know, your parents didn't necessarily know it. And then you go into school and we're not teaching it and your friends don't know any better. And our culture really normalizes a lot of horrible, horrible, horrible things. Um, so there's a lot of work for us to do. And remember, I'm always... I come from a specific lens. We all do. Whether you realize it or not, you are centering something at its core. And mine is relationality, which means we are responsible for those we're interacting with. We are responsible for how we make others feel and how we impact them. Yes, that is. You are responsible for that. People are in our care when they're relating to us. And we shouldn't be making people worse off from having been in our presence or having related to us. We are responsible for those around us. You are responsible for your neighbor. You are responsible for the barista. You are responsible for your partner's feelings. 100%. Um, we have a culture where we have toxic individualism, where we really think it's only about me. It's only about my family. It's only about my household. It's only about my yard. It's only about my state. It's only about my country. It's only about my gender. It's only about my race. Oh my God. Again, as I say all the time in the show, these are arbitrary ways of othering and really shirking and let going of the responsibility we do have for everyone around us. And so that's what this is very much centered in, that arguments are not about harm. Arguments are about maintaining the relationship. And that's why everything we do should be done as I call relationally, which means it takes into account and the posture and the terms and the words and the energy, 
all honor that the person on the other side of this, of the receiving end, is someone I care about and I want to stay in relationship with, whatever that relationship might be. That's how we do things relationally. It's a framework. It's a process. And you can tell by watching someone without even hearing them or knowing what the topic is, whether or not they're dealing with conflict and arguing relationally or non-relationally. Are they being threatening? Are they being mean? You can tell just by watching their posture and their facial expression and the energy. Or you've seen people do it in a very relational way where you're like, wow, I'd feel safe staying in that seat on the receiving end. I'd feel safe staying connected in that conversation. I'd feel cared for afterwards, even though that looks like a very hard topic that they're debating or talking out or working through. It's, that's how it should be. We shouldn't be losing friends, family members, and partners and loved ones as a result of how we deal with conflict and, and, and arguing. It should be the opposite. We should be made closer because we realize we can talk these things out and we can have difficult moments and then still connect and move forward and have a great day. That's the work. So it's always about looking out for both individuals. We tend to think, one only our pain matters or only our point matters, but no, we want to always remember what, how is this conversation? How is this conflict? How is this debate impacting our relationship and the other person that does matter because we want people to feel safe and we want people to feel secure and we want people to feel cared for. So however you argue, we're going to talk about the things to keep in mind, but remember, however you enter an argument, you want to make sure you're doing it in a place that makes them feel, and I don't mean as in locationally, but in a way that makes them feel safe cared for, that's important. <clears throat> so that's what we're gonna be talking about. And then um, we'll go through all that because that's all about how trust is built. Remember, uh, trust is built in times of conflict, frustration, and disappointment when we see how we manage that as a, as a, as a unit. Um, and that lets us know whether or not we can uh, stick around in that, whether or not that'll be healthy. So all that to say, I wait to see when, you know, when a couple first encounters conflict, how they manage it to help me determine whether or not they're going to be good for each other and really to determine how long this relationship will really be able to survive. Because if arguments and conflict are always handled toxically, and it's very hard for this couple or individuals to repair and get over it and stay connected, it's not going to be good for them long term. And so every time you're upset about something frustrated or conflict happens, remember, this is you building trust or eating away at trust. This does count. It's not like, well, I was mad, so it doesn't matter how I made you feel or what damage I did to the relationship. Oh my God, it matters more actually. And so how you handle all that dictates how much love you have, how much trust can exist, how much you care for your partner. It always counts. Everything counts. But somehow we think that like when you're upset or you're arguing, you're like let off the hook and it doesn't matter or count, but it, it does more so. So we're going to talk about that and we'll be doing some DMs. So if you got a DM for us, drop it in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Past episodes of the show, always over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for Loveline, click on it. You can binge, post, re-listen, and share. Lots of great stuff. Stick around though. We'll be back. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. Stick around. We'll be right back. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. 
And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all right we are back and we're talking about better ways to argue and have conflict because again mental health and the work is not about an absence of arguing and conflict it's about arguing and having conflict better people coming together with different backgrounds, different stories, different traumas, different ideals. Um, there's always gonna be moments where you're gonna see things differently. And I think often in times when we're in a relationship or we're in a battle, we overly defend self, not realizing that it could be collaboratively processed and discussed. It doesn't have to be me against you. And if you're a primary committed relationship, it is more about us and we, but we don't always approach it that way. And as I said, the goal is not the absence of conflict or arguing. It's I uh, offer to you what I hold myself accountable to, that I will deal with it better, I will catch it sooner, I will resolve it quicker, and I will repair quicker, cleaner, faster as well. And that's it, improvement. But it's going to happen. But there are some things we should think about when we're stepping into that. So... In order to keep things on point and on track, here's some of the things to think about as you're stepping into discussions, debates, and arguments. Um, one of the things I say all the time is they should always be had face-to-face. -face. Worst case scenario, maybe over FaceTime or the telephone, but we don't have serious discussions over text, period. Get familiar with that. Texting is for checking in, catching up, confirming, Gentle conversations, getting to know anything serious. You are dishonoring and disrespecting the seriousness of the topic by just firing it off on text. Why is that also a problem? Because it's very dysregulated because of what I just said. We just fire it off. Something different happens when we have to make eye contact and we're staring at and sitting with the person that we're arguing with or having conflict with. It humanizes. It softens us all generally. 
So always have it face to face. Part of that is not just protecting yourself. It's not just protecting your partner from you saying things that you can't take back or that you don't mean or that you dramatized. But it's slowing you down. It's learning how to shelve things. It's learning how to compartmentalize things. It's learning how to come back to them. Because as I say all the time, there's going to be places and spaces that aren't the ideal time to be having difficult conversations. And we have to already have practiced and be in the habit of saying, not right now, we'll have to come back to it or not here. And knowing that we can and we will. If you're on vacation, that's not the time to deal with these things. Write it down and come back to it. When you're tired, you've had a hard day. Hey, now's not the best time to process this. Let's talk about this tomorrow. We have to learn patience. We have to learn containment. We have to learn waiting. We have to learn tolerating discomfort until we can get to it. We have to learn how to love our partner or our friend or our family member and stay close and connected while still frustrated, knowing we'll come back to it down the road. You have to hold both. I'm frustrated and angry with you, but I also love you and care for you. And we're not able to really work that through right now. So we're going to come back to it because you should go to bed angry. I don't agree. People like never go to bed angry. Oh my God. Yeah, you should. Because there's nothing helpful in battling it out until the end or keeping the ball in the air and still arguing when we're getting dysregulated and saying things that aren't kind. Um, we also don't need to be having discussions when we're tired and it's getting later and later. We do have to learn how to say, I love you while also bothered. And we'll talk about it tomorrow or tomorrow night when we have more energy and we've sat with it. Cause sometimes we need to sit with things longer, let the intensity die down, process it and digest it more, maybe bounce it off a few people. Because again, there's no mental health in just telling it like it is or having no filter. Mental health is I've sat with it. I've thought it out. I've digested it a little bit. I'm bringing my partner thought out, digested, calm material. Because as we know over and over and over and over, how you start a conversation has a huge impact on how it ends. And if you come in soft and calm, you have a better chance of it ending that way than if you're coming in hot. Text message, it's very easy to be violent, to be abusive, to dehumanize to be dysregulated, to be impulsive. But if we have to wait till we are face-to-face, again, that humanizes. It reminds us that we're with someone we care about. They can see our posture. They can hear our tone. And also it forces us to learn how to have patience and boundaries and wait, that we can't always deal with an issue the minute we feel like we want to or need to. We have to learn how to pause. We have to learn how to come back to things. Those are really important skills. So the first tip, again, is face-to-face conversations only. Text messages not for that. We're not just trying to get it done and get it over. Second piece is you have to track yourself. Healthy conflict, as we're talking about, has a lot of self-awareness and mindfulness built into it. You're paying attention to your posture. You're paying attention to your tone of voice. You pay attention to your word choice. All of that should look, sound, and hear like the truth, which is I'm talking to someone I care about, someone who I want to remain in relationship with, and so all of that sounds and looks aligned with that goal. It's relationally done. I'm not trying to blow them out. And here's the thing. Remember, when we're dysregulated and frustrated and angry, we're in our reptilian brain. And the reptile's job is only to kill it, eat it, or sleep with it. And so you often go into that kill it mode. You're trying to literally annihilate your partner with your posture, your tone of voice, and your word choice. That is not what healthy communication is about. It goes back to what I said earlier, the relational piece, that all of it is aligned with the fact that this is someone I care about, someone I want to feel safe and to stay connected to. And so it all has to fall in order like that. So again, face-to-face only. And we're doing it relationally, which means we're tracking ourselves. And if we feel dysregulated at the beginning, then that is not the time to step into that conversation. We start at a zero, which means we have to chill out, go for a walk, bounce it off to someone, bounce it off of someone, take some time, deep breathing until we can come in at a zero. Because if you're coming in hot, 
If you're coming in at a four or five, six or seven or eight, that means you're coming in dysregulated. We don't start serious conversations from a place of dysregulation because we've already lost the battle then. We're not going to be kind. We're not going to be grounded. And we're really no longer in it for clarity and for resolution. We're usually then just stepping into battle because we're angry. We want to just get rid of that. So face to face, we're aware of ourselves mindfully. And uh, we'll keep talking about the next steps after uh, uh, when we come back. And then we'll be doing some DMs. So if you got a DM for us, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Give us a follow back as well. Put any thoughts, questions, stuff in there, things you want us to circle back, drop deeper into. Past episodes over at wearechannelq.com. It's where it's always at. Check out some other stuff while you're there. Lots of real good stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll be back. So uh, don't go anywhere. Listen to Loveline with Dr. Chris, Channel Q and Odyssey. Stick around. All right, y'all, we are back and we're talking about ways to engage in healthy conflict, fair fighting, because fair is a key word. Because remember, and I want to make sure, well, I'll get to it down the road, but we want to be doing it relationally, which means it honors that the person in front of me is someone I care about, someone I want to stay connected to, someone I want to stay close to. So everything I say and do centers around that, honors that. And that requires some mindfulness. We don't enter into conflict or arguments hot. We don't come in at a six, seven, eight, nine, ten. How we start it really has a powerful indicator and impact on how it ends and how it goes. So if we're not at a zero or one or two, call a friend, go pray, listen to some music, take a bath, do some meditation, do some breath work, wait till tomorrow. We have to learn how to hold and compartmentalize and come back to. We don't just do things to do them. We don't just do it because we don't want to go to bed angry. We don't just do it to get it done. We have to learn how to have a filter. We have to learn how to consider consequences and impact. That's, that's the commitment we make if we want to be part of a healthy adult relationship. So again, the goal is not the absence of conflict and arguing. That's life. I expect it. I wait for it because that's when we show each other our health. It's not the absence we're going for. It's that we hope we manage it quicker and better because it's part of life. We were talking in the earlier segment about how these are only done face to face. We don't do it over email. We don't do it over text message. Ideally, we don't even do it over the phone, but that's preferable because when we're doing it over text message, we're dysregulated. We're saying whatever we want. We're probably hurting someone. They can't hear our tone. We can't see their face. It's hard to really work on repair and resolution when we can't touch them and see them. We can lose ourselves and it's very impulsive. We have to learn how to wait. And, and have these things done at the right time in the right place. So you're learning and practicing a lot of skills by saying, I'm going to wait till I see them. It might be tomorrow. It might be next week. I'm not just going to be impulsive and get it done and get it out because I do need to have a filter and I am responsible for how I impact others and make them feel. That is part of mental health. That's all taken into consideration. So I wait until I can see them. I enter to zero. Another thing we have to think about is trying to get out of the mindset of winning because if the conflict ends with, or the resolution or solution ends with something where both parties don't win, then it isn't a win. When we're in primary healthy relationships with people, we look out for their benefit as well. And if we win and they lose, we are not okay with that. And that means that is not the right solution where only one person comes out on top or only one person wins. If that's your mindset, then I don't know what you think you're doing in a relationship. You're not wanting a partner. I don't know what it is you're looking to have, but you're bringing in the wrong perspective into how primary adult relationships are run. In primary healthy adult relationships, we are, we are responsible for each other. We are in each other's care. We, we are mandated to have a positive to negative influence on them. We're there to make their lives better. <clears throat> 
we are committing to doing our work. And so we're looking out for both of us. Being in committed primary relationships is an us and a we. If we're moving away from I and me, we're in a system, we will impact each other and we care about that. And so if, if there's a loss to our partner in a solution or an outcome, then, then, then we haven't found the best solution and there's more work and more conversation to be had. No one should have to lose because we're looking out for each other. Why? Because in healthy relationships, it's a team. It's collaborative. It's not me against you. There is no me anymore. It's us. It's systemic. We think about that. Um, another thing you have to remember is we stay on one topic and one topic only. It becomes a tactic of derailing or gaslighting or reasserting power by saying, well, let me tell you what you never do, or let me tell you what you always do, or let me tell you what I'm upset about. No, one topic at a time, because the timing is a little suspicious. If when your partner wants to talk about something, that's when you also decide you wanted to as well. Well, why didn't you bring it up a minute ago or yesterday? Oh, you're bringing it up now when I'm trying to focus on what I'm needing to process or share? No. And that's why you wait. If you have a bunch of concerns that come up in your mind, you wait for another time. And if you're the person that's initiating the conversation and as you're sharing with them your concern about whatever it is, they start listing other things, say, I'm going to stop you. That is all. And again, hear my tone of voice. <clears throat> it's loving and it's soft. Hey, I'm going to stop you. It's important that we stay on one topic at a time. And I, and I you know, started this conversation to focus on this one point. Everything you're concerned about is important to me. Let's write it down and we'll come back to that at another time when we can really give it the respect and the honor that it deserves and focus on that. But we're not gonna just keep piling things on the table and getting derailed. We're gonna stay with this one thing until we resolve it. That's how that goes. I do that all the time in couples therapy. I'm gonna stop you, I'll write that down, but we're not gonna derail the work we're doing right now because you decided right now there's a bunch of things you wanted to get off your chest. You could have started the session with that. You could have brought it up last week. The timing is suspicious, so we're not gonna honor it, write it down, and we'll come back to it another time. Learn how to compartmentalize, learn how to hold it. Because again, we're practicing a lot of skills at the same time. We're practicing, I have to love you while still being frustrated with something. I have to love you and be respectful and stay connected and in the relationship while there's something else that's unresolved. We have to learn how to do both. We can't always want, you know, because again, remember, everything counts, everything matters, and we can't wait until things are perfect and fully resolved. We have to still be a parent while upset at our child. We have to still be a partner while upset at our uh, at our spouse or whoever it is. We have to still be a friend while something's left undealt with that maybe hurt our feelings. We have to learn how to hold both at the same time, and I know it's hard. Um, coming up next, we're gonna do some DMs. Bum, ba -da -bum, bum. And we're gonna get back to talking about how to fare, uh, fairly fight, fight fair. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris, Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. All right, y'all, we are back, and now it's time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. DMs come from our Loveline IG page. Got a question for us, drop it in there. As you help yourself, you're helping others. Whatever you're wondering about, someone else might be too. Always confidential, always anonymous, and uh, topics you want covered, things you want us to circle back to. DMs on our Loveline IG page. Not my DMs, Loveline's DMs. All right, this one says, hey, Dr. Chris. I listen to your show every night. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. It means a lot, truly. I love getting to be a part of people's journeys. Uh, you listen to the show every night. You said, thank you for putting things about mental health into perspective. Wanted to ask you a question. Is there a healthy way to balance working from home and an at-home social life? So work balance between working from home and socializing at home. I'm struggling to create boundaries with myself and my job, mostly because my desk is five feet away from my couch where I like to relax. 
But it's like every time I look up, I see my desk and I feel a sense of anxiety. I know that's the worst. Um, and again, not everyone lives in a space that allows them to put their work stuff far, far, far away. And uh, our brain is very associative, as is our psyche. So the minute we see something associated with stress or complexity or whatever, we're going to start to feel that. Um, so I guess the answer is separate it as much as you can. So maybe you haven't thought of that. I'm sure you have. But if there's a way to put your desk somewhere far, far, far away, do so. But for some of us, not possible. And it fits where it fits. And apparently it might just need to live right near your couch. So I'd say a couple things. Um, you don't want your work, I'm sorry, you don't want your desk to only be associated with work then, because then every time you look at it, you're going to see it. Kind of like how we talk about your bed. People should never do anything activity-based in their bed uh, because you want your bed to be associated with sleep and rest and leisure. Uh, so what I would say is this, you want your desk to maybe represent more than just work. And so you have to desecrate it. You have to do things there that aren't work related. Find fun activities to do at your desk. Maybe start masturbating at your desk. Start to associate your desk, your desk with work, but also with arousal. Maybe watch some porn, masturbate at your desk. Maybe start eating at your desk sometimes. Um, doing reading at your desk, some art at your desk, so that your desk has an association with a multitude of things. Maybe so many things that it really doesn't powerfully symbol, uh, symbolize anything. You know, I think of something like my couch. Um, I do a lot on my couch. I will watch television or a movie on my couch. I will talk on the phone on my couch. I'll sometimes eat on my couch. I'll sometimes have sex on my couch. I'll sometimes nap on my couch. So my couch really isn't associated with anything. When I look at it, nothing really comes up because there's so much that is done there. But then when I think of my bed, I primarily think of things like sleep uh, because that's pretty much what happens there exclusively, except for, you know, some sex some other times, but I prefer it on the couch. So, you know, but that's me. So don't let your desk only be associated with work. That's, that's the answer uh, because you can't move your desk, I'm thinking, unless you can do so. Um, but if you can't, you have to have a you know, multitude ex of experiences associated with it. It's kind of the best we got. Um, and that's what is the gift and the detriment to working from home is that your house is not just associated with you know, the opposite of work. Work has been brought in. Um, so yeah, it's kind of the best we got. Got to work with your neurology in that way. Um, and I would also say it might also be about presentation. Um, I have a large uh, kitchen table, and that's where I prefer to do my telesessions. I do therapy at that table, and I set it up and I and I take it apart when I'm done. So it's not always just work specific. So when I'm in my work mode, my laptop is there. My laptop sits on this like metal thing that it rests on. I got my notepad, my pen and all that. And so when I look over, I'm like, bam, work mode. But as soon as I'm done for the day or at least for the week, the laptop goes into a different room and all that's taken down. And I put a vase there instead with flowers and some other things on the table. And so maybe do your own version of that. Don't leave your work stuff sitting out there. When work is done, put your computer and everything away if you can, or if it's a big desktop, put it under the desk or somewhere else. And like I said, do other things at that table and literally redesign the table for non-work hours with things that aren't associated with work. So again, as you can see, I'm, I'm, I'm messing around with associations and symbolism. Good luck. Let me know how it goes though. Uh, like I said, you got questions for us, put them in the DMs, questions, topics, you know the drill. Stick around though, y'all. We got a lot more gems to come and uh, yeah, don't go anywhere. Listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. Stick around, y'all. Don't go anywhere because we will be right back.
All right, y'all, we are back talking about how to fight fair, how to fight like an adult, how to fight from a place of mental health. Remember, mental health and the goal of being in a healthy relationship is not the absence of fighting or conflict. It's doing it better and resolving and repairing quicker. That's the work. So before the break, uh, for the DMs, we were talking about how it should always be done face-to-face. We are not doing these things over text message or email. That's not what it's for. In fact, that lets us dehumanize. That lets us be dysregulated and impulsive and very harsh and mean. Um, we're not trying to win. We're trying to find a solution that's beneficial for all parties. Otherwise, we have not found a good solution. In healthy relationships, we look out for everyone. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's a big one. We're doing one topic at a time. We're not bouncing around and discussing a thousand different things. And we're also being mindful and tracking ourselves and paying attention to our tone of voice, our word choice, our posture. And if we are getting dysregulated or one of us is, we pause and we come back. We don't just get it done. We go to bed angry if we have to until we wake up in the morning, we're more soothed, but we're tracking it. Once we've gotten above a four or five, we pause. We do not continue conversations if they're escalating. We don't, hard stop. And you have to call that out. Hey, I noticed that we're both getting dysregulated. Let's take a breather. Let's go for a walk or let's change a topic and we'll come back to it when we're down at like a one or two. But when you're starting to push above a four or five, that means you're going into fight mode and you're going to start getting nasty and nasty. It's going to keep escalating. And the quality and health of yourselves and your relationship has to mean more than just getting this figured out or just getting our anger out or just getting this solved. It doesn't work like that. If you're dysregulated, you stop. Until we and we learn to regulate and then we step back into it, but we don't have conversations or arguments or conflict when we're dysregulated. We've all seen a lot of examples of what happens when someone's dysregulated and they just start saying what they want and start throwing their hands around. It's abusive. We talked on the other uh, on another show about emotional abuse, and that's a form of it. We're not letting a, a, car, a, a, a debate or an argument become emotional abuse where we're you know harming each other. So that moves us into the next point, which is we shouldn't be moving into retaliation. Um, if someone wants to sit you down and talk to you about something they're struggling with, that's a sign of care. That's a sign that they want you to stay in their life. They want to stay connected. Be open to hearing that. Healthy adults are always open to healthy, appropriate, respectful feedback. We have to be. It's not okay to be in a relationship and say, you knew how I was, or this is just how I am. No, grow, grow and change, transform. We are always open to growth and change, and we are always changing. Acknowledge that. Own that. That is not healthy to say that's just how it is. That's just how I am. You knew how it was. You knew who I was. No. No, we're not accepting that. That's, a ch that's what a child would say. We're adults. You can always say, I'm open to hearing more. I'm always open to growing. I'm always open to hearing how I impact you negatively and, and changing that into something more constructive or positive or loving. That's, that's the sign. That's what we're doing. So be open to that. But we're not retaliating. We're not punishing. We're hearing. I think that's just one of the most important rules of, of arguing is that we don't just sit here until we battle it. We have, to, we have to know when to walk away. We have to be able to be called out or to call out that we are dysregulated or we see that our partner is and that we have to come back to it. That's the most important piece. Because again, remember, a successful argument or conflict ends in us still being in relationship and connected to each other. If your arguments and your conflicts always end harshly with people mad at each other, not talking for a while or never talking again, then you are not properly communicating. You don't have healthy resolution skills. You don't have healthy relationship skills. And you're making it unsafe to have arguments and conflict because you're teaching the other people around you that you don't manage it well. And so they're gonna be afraid of having those things with you because they know it might mean their loss. Because if they see you doing that with others, 
kicking them out of their life when they upset you're not working it through and doing it appropriately well then they're going to have to understandably worry that you would do that to them and that means they can't bring things up and we have to be able to because things are always going to come up that is part of the deal of being in a relationship is that i'm going to stick around work through and be my best a couple other things to throw in there we should never be dealing with conflict or arguing while we're intoxicated because again, we're trying to do everything from a place of mindfulness and regulation. And if we're drunk or we're angry or we're in a bad mood, we are not regulated and we are not grounded. We are not anchored. We do not have conversations in those states. And if one of you is the sober one or one of you is in the, the better mood one, you have to lovingly find a way to call that out. But don't enter into them and don't begin them if that's where you are. I think that regulation piece is one of the most important, which is why I tell people to sit and process it first. What is my goal? What are the points I want to make? And you're not doing that to win or to be prepared. You're doing that to be regulated and to be able to come in soft and to be able to stay focused and to be able to actually come to resolution. So that whole process is about you digesting and working through and anchoring yourself. And so sometimes I say to people, go have a practice run. <laughs> so you can hear yourself and calm yourself down and really stay focused, write it out, talk it out, think it out, bounce it off of someone. But those are really important stuff because again, remember how our partner feels during that conflict, how our relationship is impacted at the end of it is what determines how healthy you are, how good you are at communication and how good you are at relationshiping. That is determined and is based on the impact you have on the relationship and your partner. So that's what you should be tracking. Am I damaging my relationship? Am I hurting my partner? Because if so, this isn't going well and I'm going about this the wrong way and I need to back up and I need to backtrack. All right, we're gonna, t we're gonna talk more about this when we come back. So stick around. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. All right, y'all, we are back and we've been talking about uh, fair fighting and I wanted to kind of segue this into a quick discussion about attachment and different attachment styles, which is something we did a show on and it segues and dovetails from the topic we've been talking about tonight because sometimes we have to tailor the script or the style or the form of our argument based on who it is we're dealing with. And as I say all the time on the show, your partner's in your care and we are responsible for how we impact others, how we make them feel. And so this is how we can best approach our partner if they have an avoidant attachment style or an anxious attachment style. If you want to hear more about that, go to wearechannelq.com, scroll down, look for Loveline and click on it. All the show topics are listed. We did a show on attachment styles and really better understand that. But we want to know our partner. We want to understand what they need from us. We want to always understand the ingredients to their secret soft, their owner's manual. We want to understand what they need from us. That is part of a healthy relationship is understanding who our partner is. And we tailor things to meet their needs. So if you're, if you're with someone who has an anxious attachment style where they personalize things, they're not good at independence, they always have a fear of abandonment, um, they're always unsure how, you're, how the relationship is going, they're very anxious about security within the relationship with you. So in arguments or conflict, you want to make sure you're not making them feel as though they're losing you or the relationship is ending. Because for a lot of us, we haven't been shown that we can argue and have conflict and then be okay afterwards. For a lot of people, that's the end of a relationship. 
I even see that with people's online behavior where they don't know how to repair. So if you're dealing with someone who's anxious, there's a specific way you want to approach things. And let's talk about that a little bit. You want to be soothing and you want to be supportive. It's okay to support and soothe your partner, even if you're upset with them, by letting them know, listen, I know this is really hard to talk about. I know that in the past, relationships that you've had have ended over conflict or arguing. That's not me, that's not us. And you can make sure you're caretaking during it. Hold their hands. Put your arm around them lovingly when you're having the argument or debate. Make sure your voice stays really soft. But for anxious people, the most important thing you're gonna do is, is soothe them, reassure them, and then get really good with repair by saying that was a really hard conversation. We still love each other even though that was hard to discuss. Let's go for a walk. Let's go for ice cream. Let's cuddle. Let's make out. Here, let me massage you for a while. Or I have to go, but tonight let's do something special. Maybe send a reassuring text a few hours later saying, hey, hope you're having a great day thinking about you. You want to be reassuring. You want to let them know that arguments and conflict and all that can happen and we're still here. We're still okay. Be willing to do that. Give them space to reflect that back. Say, I know that was really hard. Can you share with me how it impacted you or how it felt for us to have this conversation? You can say to them, I know I might've frustrated you or let you down or I know I might've hurt you a little bit. Tell me about that. That must've been very hard. But it's about staying in contact. It's about being soothing because that's the important part of this. A conversation, an argument or conflict hasn't gone well if either party is damaged as a result or is left feeling worse off or is left not feeling cared for. That is not the framework for healthy debate, conversation, and conflict. It should end beautifully. It should end with more intimacy. Wow, we got very vulnerable there. I learned more about you. You learned more about me. I feel safe having conflict or arguments in the future because of how we just dealt with this. It's usually really about the repair. What do you do afterwards? So you have to find some way to reconnect and come back together. Because again, for most people, arguments end harshly. Arguments end with separation. Arguments end with the relationship being over. Arguments end with us not feeling closer or more vulnerable as a result. Repair isn't done. That's usually the problem, how we enter, how we stick around in conversations when things are dysregulated and that we don't repair on the back end. And yet those are the parts that create the safety. Now, if you're with someone who's avoidant, it's a little bit different. They're going to maybe need a little time or space during the conversation or after the conversation. And you can allow that and say, I know you might need a little time to sit with that. Is that true? Do you, do you want to go for a walk? Do you want me to go for a walk? Like really honor that sometimes they need a little private time or alone time or some space to really digest and sit with it. And don't you feel punished by them needing that? Because again, in a healthy, committed relationship, we know what our partner needs and who they are. And we're a part of, you know, allowing that. So you say to them, do you need a break? Checking with them throughout the conversation, saying, I know you often need some time away or some time to really gather yourself. Do you want that? Own that, acknowledge that. Um, give your partner what they need, but the work is about learning essentially what it is they need. Um, and again, we're, they're in our care. Our partner and our friends, our family members are in our care. We wanna always honor that. We don't wanna be harming people. And the expression of frustration or disappointment shouldn't be anything that harms. Because remember on the scale of zero to 10, abuse is a seven, eight or nine or 10. That's what warrants that a big response. But if you're disappointed or frustrated or let down, that should be like a three or a four. And the energy and the verbiage and the posturing and the energy should really honor that and be aligned with that. We're not trying to ever suppress anything. We're also not trying to ever amplify or dramatize anything. We're trying to stay in the wise, wisdom-centered middle. And that's why I'm always saying right-size it. That's part of that work. Like, are we staying right-sized? Does the severity of this topic 
match up with the way we are treating and talking to each other and the energy of this conflict or argument. Because if not, we have to pause to regulate and anchor ourselves and crank it back down. We're not trying to harm each other as we're talking through this. And that's why we're both tracking it. And that's why healthy people are looking at their partner and their partner's responses are letting them know how it's going and if they need more softness or if we need a break. That's, that's the uh, you know speedometer. That's the uh, heart rate monitor. That's the assessment tool. That's the rubric that we're utilizing. So take advantage of that. Keep tracking your partner to see how that's landing on them. Um, when we come back, we're going to keep talking about this. Uh, but as I said, we are channelq.com. Scroll down for love line, click on it. Check out the episode we did on self-regulation and also on attachment styles. Those will both be really good companions to this topic. Maybe you can fire off that link to someone. But if you've got a question for us, we'll be closing out with some more DMs. So if you got a question for us, put it in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Any question you got, always answer it confidentially and anonymously. And you're helping other people with the topics you bring up. So you're helping them as you're helping you. And like I said, shows are over at wearechannelq.com. Head over there, check out some stuff, some of the other shows. But um, don't go anywhere. More to come about this important topic. And as always, start by assessing yourself first in relationship to what we're talking about. Healthy people know what their work is and they're doing it. You know, quality of life is based on the quality of our practice. Listen to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. So don't go anywhere. All right, y'all, we are back and we're just finishing up our discussion, a discussion, excuse me, of how to deal with conflict, disappointment, how to argue better. And we're talking about all the different things, you know, never doing it face to face lets us get dysregulated, be impulsive, harm, dehumanize, always, I'm sorry, always do it face to face, never do it over text or email, face to face is the gold standard. Remember, we're not trying to win, we're trying to find a solution that's beneficial for all of us, that's part of healthy conflict resolution. We're tracking how it's going by looking at our partner and thinking about how we're impacting them, that's letting us know if we need to back off or crank it down, we're considering the impact we're having on the relationship, because we're trying to keep it relational, which means if uh, our partner is feeling attacked or not cared for, we're not doing it well. We're also checking in on whether or not we need to take a break if things are getting too escalated. We definitely don't deal with conflict or issues when we're intoxicated, in a bad mood, or really tired or stressed. That is not going to lead to us being anchored and coming from our best. Um, we're remembering that it's a we and us, and we're in this together. But I think it's really important to quickly look at everyone has a different style. And if you can identify your style, then you can really identify where the work might be for you. Some people are avoidant. Some people are accommodating. Some people are competitive. Some people are comp uh, compromising and others are collaborative. And that helps you understand where your strengths and weaknesses lie. If you're avoidant, that means you're not really ever fully present in the conversation or argument. It means you're always trying to shut it down or say not right now or come back to it. And that tells the other person that resolution's never gonna come. And so you need to work on being more, you need to work on tolerating discomfort more. You need to work on sticking around. You need, to, you need to work on settling down and just staying in the conversation or coming back to it. For someone that's accommodating, that might mean you're a little people pleasing and you're just worried about keeping things calm and nice. And so you're not really allowing conflict or arguments and needs aren't going to get met because you're worried about the fact that if we get conflict going and things get heated, you don't really trust that resolution and repair will happen because in your past, it probably hasn't. But if you're in a healthy adult relationship, you wanna have the experience of we can get into it and have an argument, but everything's okay afterwards. So you have to stop people pleasing and work more on authenticity and trust that resolution can happen and that we can get through these things. And then when you do, 
you'll feel better next time. But if you're with someone where you can't do that, well, then you might need a little couples therapy or maybe it's not the right partner for you or maybe you should all be listening to this episode together and really together working on that. If you're competitive, well, then you're entering it thinking that success or the goal is to win, to be correct, to be right, to convince the other person. That's not relational. It's not adult conflict resolution. The work is about something that's mutually beneficial to both of us. Good solutions for couples are ones where everybody wins and everyone's happy with the outcome. Otherwise, you've lost. For people that are compromising, make sure you aren't selling yourself out. Make sure you aren't coming up with compromise at all costs and neither one of you are really happy with where you landed. Again, you wanna work on allowing some discomfort, allowing more truth and authenticity, and allowing yourselves to challenge yourselves to find a better answer than just keeping the peace. And then finally, if you're collaborative, you're kind of in the right space. You're paying attention to both people, both people's feelings matter. Everyone's pain is as valid. You understand that the win should be mutually beneficial for both of you. Um, you're thinking in relational terms, in terms of I care about this person and I want us to both feel good in this relationship during and afterwards. So that's really the best mindset to have for something like this. But again, identify which of those you are and try to move towards collaborative. Um, we're not trying to be competitive and win. We're not trying to avoid hard conversations. We're not trying to be accommodating and people pleasing because we're afraid of upsetting people and losing them. And we're not being overly compromising if it's not honest and it's not really a solution that we can sign up for. Because when you land on a solution, you gotta be willing to roll with that. And that's really hard. And the, the struggle in all of this is based on our past experiences. That's why it's important to be with healthy adults that can have healthy conflicts so we can have a corrective experience and trust that we can get into it and still care for and love each other. But if you've never known that because all your arguments got violent or escalated or it ended with the relationship being over, well then understandably you're not gonna trust. And that's why we're working on finding healthy partners and improving the quality of our relationship by improving the way we deal with conflict and making sure we're doing it lovingly, caringly, and most importantly, repairing and coming together at the end of it. That's the key. What do you do at the end of it? Are you able to hug while still frustrated or disappointed? Because or, if it's all resolved, you're, you're great, but sometimes it isn't, it can't be, or you have to come back to it. And you have to still be able to give each other a hug, still go to bed, still go to that party that night. You have to hold both. And again, that's really hard for us culturally. We want to just all love or all hate. We really struggle to kind of sit with both. We have to learn how to hold both. Um, all right. Coming up next, we're going to be doing some DMs. Uh, so uh, drop your questions in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Always anonymous, always confidential, whatever you're wondering about. Someone else might be too, so you're helping them while you're helping yourself. You can also put in there topics you want us to hit, something you want us to circle back to, drop deeper into. Um, I always like keeping the work relevant. I do my best to choose you know, really universal topics, but if there's something specific, let us know. That again is the DMs on our Loveline IG page. And past episodes over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for Loveline and click on it. You can binge, post, re-listen, and share. Lots of great stuff. It's all about that repetition and learning, right? Unlearning some stuff, relearning other things. Um, so check that out. You know, uh, let me be the voice in your head while you're uh, on the road trip, at the gym, hiking, you know, taking a bath, whatever. Uh, but uh, like I said, coming up next, we're gonna be doing some DMs. So, uh, you know, stick around, don't go anywhere. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris. Channel Q and Odyssey will be right back. Stick around. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. All right, y'all. We are back, and now it's time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. So it says, hey, Dr. Chris, I'm trying to learn how my partner loves and wants to receive love but it feels like I'm missing something. Every time I try to ask about different things or what they want, they shut down and say that I should know them by now, even though we've only been dating for six months and during the pandemic, trying my hardest. And I think that everyone should always grow, but it almost, but it's almost like they want us to be stuck in time. Yeah, they're wrong. You shouldn't know. You should never know. You never know what they want. It's changing. The love language concept is a loose thing. What I want on Tuesday might be different from what I want on Wednesday. Some people are more consistent. Some people it's ever changing. Some people it's everything. You know what I mean? Those are like loose concepts. So, um, you have to educate your partner. Hey, um, I shouldn't know what you want. That's actually the opposite of intimacy, communication, and relationality. Intimacy, relationality, communication is about discussing and, and sharing and being vulnerable. And you want, and instead your partner wants you to mind read, which is actually not being relational and is the opposite of intimacy. It's assumptions, it's stereotyping. Um, tell your partner I care about you too much to stereotype and to make assumptions and to not honor that day by day, week by week, it might shift. Um, and then hold that. And if they're like, well, no, no, I really think you should know, then you should say, and I don't agree with that. I don't operate that way. I operate from a place of intimacy and transparency and vulnerability. Tell me what you want. Because if the person is unwilling to do that, well, then I'm worried about other topics. This might sound like someone who just doesn't ever really want to be known and doesn't really value authenticity or transparency or intimacy. Well, that's not a good thing. Then you have a partner that actually is very avoidant and is uh, anxious of connection. And that's gonna show up in other ways if it already hasn't, it's only six months in. You don't know this person. You have to make them aware of that as well. Six months isn't a long time. I don't know you. And we've been you know, really limited in the experiences we can go out in the world and have together because of COVID. And so I really don't know much about you. I, I never agree with that. It's such a bizarre thing how people get hung up on that. So educate them and let them know you want a relationship that's about authenticity, sharing, transparency, intimacy building, and that you will always let them know, say, be prepared for me to continually to ask you questions so you can share with me who you are. Tell them not just around this topic, say there's more of that to come. And again, if they keep saying, I don't agree with that, well, then you should get the heck out of that relationship because then this is someone again who doesn't want to be known, doesn't want to do the work, isn't good at conflict. Um, doesn't want intimacy and vulnerability and you should run, run quick. I know I'm being heavy handed with that, but that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard is when someone says you should know. 
that is that is them shutting it all down. That's actually a pretty aggressive act to say that. You're lovingly saying, I want to understand how to continue to make you feel cared for. And their response is, you should know already. What an aggressive, non-relational, uncaring, jerky thing to say to someone when they're trying to figure out how to keep love alive in the relationship. Like, dear God in heaven, why would you want to make it harder for your partner? This isn't someone who seems to care about you. They want to make your life harder and more difficult. Someone who cared about you would be like, of course, I'll tell that to you. Of course, I want you to feel comfortable. And they would say, I want to feel loved and you do. Let's talk about that. So I have a lot of concerns with this person. They stonewall, they're avoidant of intimacy, they're aggressive, um, they don't want any like real true transparency. Eh, I see a lot of red flags, track it. If you see a lot more of that, maybe it's a deal breaker. But um, they're wrong. <laughs> Go with what I'm saying and, and kind of see where that takes you. Listen, y'all, it's really hard when we're with a partner that has somehow been socialized to really misunderstand what relationships are about and what mental health is. Um, and that's an example of that. This person is just avoidant and stonewalling the crap out of everything. And that's not a good sign. That's one of the core relational styles that really speaks to the fact that this relationship doesn't have longevity and will probably end in a breakup. That's one of four. The other ones are extreme criticism and attack. <laughs> stonewalling is another one because we want to be with people that are like, I keep saying over and over and over open want to share, want to connect, want to know and be known, you know? All right, y'all, we got to go. That's the show. We'll be back tomorrow, though, so join us then. Want to check out past episodes? Go over to wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for Love Line, and click on it. You can binge post, re-listen, and share. Lots of great stuff. Drop some DMs for us, topics, questions, things you want us to hit. Uh, spend the rest of the night being kind to yourselves, being kind to those around you. Focus on pleasure. Have some pleasure. Tons of leisure, tons of rest. Thanks for hanging out, y'all. See you tomorrow. Have a good night and uh, see you soon. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey.